Welcome back to Graveside, everybody. Who is this? This disembodied voice that's coming through your headphones? Why, it's me, it's Carlo. And today, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a little bit of ectoplasm got uh, stuck in the old pipes there uh, while I'm while I'm trying to project myself through mm. these headphones. Um, uh, today we have a full house. Uh, we have... Uh, special guest Ty Black returning um, returning champion returning champ Ty Black uh, and of course uh, Chris and Kurt are both here hey there and uh, hello. we will yes hello we will be discussing none other than the absolutely true story of the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre the 1974 version thank you very much mm-hmm. I, um, I was going to say we have a full house of friendly country folk from the yeah. heart of Texas. Yeah. Nothing strange about this house. Yeah. We got the barbecue all set for you. you Wait, right. might be and my brother and my brother's brother, my brother and my uncle, my um, brother. And Come on Kurt. and sit a, a, sit a spell, stranger. We got dinner on the table. <laughs> well, dunk my sarsaparilla. <laughs> suddenly, I, I had an image of like a Yosemite Sam as Leatherface, and that's not. <laughs> that must exist, right? I'm just going to Google Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw. Let's see if this exists. I'm doing this in real time, folks. Uh, Hell yeah! This is what uh, you pay good money for, folks. Do we have any rule no, thirty-four? No, surprisingly, no. no. You may have struck upon uh, gold. There's gold in their ideas. <laughs> well, since this is Texas, that would be black gold. Black gold. Texas tea. Texas tea. Yeah. <laughs> And then Leatherface moves to Beverly Hills. <laughs> His chainsaw hits, a, hits an underground oil reserve. <laughs> well, if you, if you want to get really technical, that is technically the sequel. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the only thing I know about the sequel is that it was sampled in the Primus song, Jerry Was a Race Car Driver. Uh, there you go. Dog Wheel Hunt. Yeah. I've never seen it, though. <laughs> anyway, so uh so so yeah, so uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre directed by none other than uh Tobe Hooper. Um this to- is released- Toby. Is it Toby? Yeah. My my mistake. Sorry, I Toby. I believe, yeah. No, it's okay. it's, no, no, it's, it's okay. Tobe. It's Tobe. It is Tobe? Yeah, it's Tobe. That's a weird <laughs> It sounds like a Norwegian, a Tube Hooper. Yeah, it's me, Tube Hooper. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Tube Hooper and Gunnar Hansen. In <laughs> <laughs> Leatherface, I'm making the film about Leatherface. <laughs> he was originally going to be making Loot Fisk. <laughs> I'm, stealing, I'm stealing Valor from Pete here. His, uh, his oh, culture no. is <laughs> my costume. Kurt, oh my God, you, you, you're actually wearing uh, Pete's face now. Oh no, that's right. That's really yeah. That's the real appropriation. <laughs> so anyway, this uh, this was made apparently. What, what was it like? Hold on, it says eighty to one hundred forty thousand dollars. Yeah, and made thirty point nine million off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, really successful movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, d- just a little bit of a sidebar. Uh, they had a shortfall in the pre-production and so they one of them had a drug dealer friend uh, who literally uh, gave them a bag of cash <laughs> that rules oh I, I, I thought it was another a, uh, I thought it was a, a bag of something else barbecue friend <laughs> <laughs> who gave them a bag of teeth uh, cocaine uh, for everyone bye <laughs> and, and because uh, and because um, 
uh, the movie was eventually distributed by the mafia, mm. there's ne- actually no telling how much money it did make. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they, you know what happens? It's like Tony. He's got the books up here, up here. This movie is like yeah, seen on the inside and out. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, I mean, um, so so we could we could probably jump ahead a little bit because wasn't uh i i read somewhere and you might you might know this right off the top of your head ty um didn't i i forget if it's gunner um hansen who who basically uh plays the part of leatherface wasn't there a sequence like i think it's like near the end where he's running in the dark just swinging the chainsaw around where he almost tripped and like cut himself in half or something he did actually trip and he and when he and because um marilyn burns was right in front of him he threw the chainsaw up and he fell and then for a moment he was confused on where the chainsaw was and then it landed right next to him oh, <laughs> oh my goodness now, and that, did they and that actually was have the, the chain in there that seems like bad movie making. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe they had the chain for that one. Uh, it was whether they had they had the chain for a disturbing amount of scenes. Um, <laughs> Kurt, uh, removing the chain would put put this movie off budget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's union rules. <laughs> oh, you think there was a union involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> well there's there's a lot of uh what what do they call those uh uh show up to work uh jobs where it's just oh like, yeah no yeah. show jobs yeah no I, show jobs just you know a bunch of fat, I mean, fat italian dudes just like sitting around mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it seems right seems right boss go ahead <laughs> all right so anyway um so i mean i suppose we should probably uh summarize this in some way because um Honestly, this this movie and and I think we had talked a little bit long ago offline, Ty, and I like the opening sequence just put me in mind of like those 70s um, sort of like almost post apocalyptic uh, mm-hmm. movies where like the landscape just looks just devastated and just awful and mm-hmm. gross like how would anyone live here and of yeah. course it's not helped by the 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 weird art that uh, <laughs> uh either leatherface or his entire family has decided to bestow upon the local cemetery yeah that's uh, uh, part of the, it's part of the genius of the film and uh you know when i've gotten people to watch it I always tell them it's like they're because they're they're inevitably turned off by the title. It's like no, it's not nearly as violent as you think it is. And, yeah, it's really not. It's yeah, it's I, much I remember more like a weird. It's almost like, like like a weird fiction story more than it, it is yeah. like a slasher. I mean, all, all, although it is clearly archetypical for you know all subsequent slashers. By oh, America. indeed, and uh, and one of the ways the movie gets you is by having that off-putting atmosphere by having mm. like that out of context violence of mm-hmm. showing you the end result of it which builds up this anxiety and this tension of what the fuck happened there i need answers but yeah. if it actually gives you the answers that tension and that anxiety mm-hmm. goes away and so it hits you right off with the that uh incredible sound design and that and that uh set design and the uh, atmosphere and so from the word go you're you're in it yeah. Well, it 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 also it also uses speaking of that sound design because it, even before we see those like corpses that have been sort of like molded in a certain way, um you get a series of like flash 
Mm. Uh, like from a camera and that yeah. wine that very distinctive yeah, that wine sound wine yeah that was that yeah. sound is amazing well it, it it's weird because now i'm like i suddenly realize i made a connection i was like oh that's this fucking sound that the the camera makes in silence of the lambs too yeah when they're taking yeah. pictures of uh of the yeah. girl that they i forget the name of the the victim but uh the yeah. one that they pull out of the river mm-hmm. chris you were about it, to say something well yeah two two brief things one is i remember in high school or like ninth grade or so like so it's a high school anyway um my friend we were talking about renting the texas chainsaw massacre and he finally did and then he's like oh i think they got me the tv cup version and it wasn't it was just the normal movie but because like we were expecting <laughs> this like bloodbath like you know like top to bottom and um so it, it was interesting to finally like watch it myself and then be like oh yeah no, this is scary as shit even if there's any blood at all uh, the uh, the uh funny story tobe hooper thought they can get a pg rating everybody else in that <laughs> everybody else on that set knew that they were in danger of getting an x and yeah. so that's why they that's why they went with the the tried and true uh hitchcockian methods of nice. uh, making you think you've seen something when you haven't mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well it's 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 interesting how the movie um, frames itself from the very beginning, where like I, I think it's fair to say this is probably one of the most quintessentially American horror films. Like mm-hmm. to, to a large extent, it feels about the the sickness of the idea of Americana and of industrialized America. It feels like very present throughout the whole film, like mm-hmm. and from and, the very beginning, and, scroll, and deindustrialized America yes. as well. Well, and, yeah, so and industrializing, automate- yeah. Automation is also yeah. a, a a phantom uh, of, industrial a phantom menace, meat processing. Will. Yeah, they talk about <laughs> it right at the start about you know oh well yeah. you know, let's we don't want to talk about that and with the driving past the slaughterhouse but but uh, it's it, the in the opening scroll 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 whatever you know uh, they are talking about oh it's these you know this group of of young people driving along having an idyllic day they're not really having an idyllic day i, I must say <laughs> it's kind of a shitty day um i i will say but it very much is framed as this like quintessentially american youth experience of you know like like the road trip it starts off essentially as a road trip movie and they're you know they're going back out to the country to their to what seems to be uh you know the farm of some relatives that's now kind of decrepit and just as they kind of start turning over, you know, the, the the rocks of the America that they think they they knew, all sorts of stuff starts crawling out from under it. And at the same time, from the very beginning, you're really inundated with this this imagery of American uh, kitsch and like 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 Americana. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's like the white, the, you know, the the gas station in the middle of nowhere, the you know, the, the people lounging around on a pickup truck and, you know, the white picket fences. Later on, we get, you know, whitewashed houses. And, and I, I love one of my favorite little touches. And I know that this is getting ahead and that Carlo wanted to recap. But I just want to throw this out there before I forget it is the nice little uh, like swinging love seat um, in front of the murder family's murder house <laughs> i love that it's like i just like to imagine you know leatherface and the hitchhiker sitting out there rocking back and forth watching you know watching the sunset <laughs> after a long a long day of slaughtering but but yeah yeah and to, to the point about the unease yeah it, it really starts right from the beginning of of like you you don't know what's going to happen and it just kind of everything is just slightly off and it just keeps getting more and more off but never 
completely like showing its cards, like mm. you were saying before. Like it doesn't, it doesn't quite come out and say what's going on, or you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't deign to give you the blood and guts. It gives you just weird, inexplicable shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's like it's the texture of the movie itself. Like it's like when she falls, uh, the first girl falls in that room that's just filled with the bones from, you know, various animals and humans. And there's like, you know, furniture made from it. And there's chicken. Like the worst part was the chicken feathers everywhere because it was just mm-hmm. like this weird, like, uh, you know, unnatural commingling of human and animal like and like, you know, everything's on the same field at that level. I don't know. It's just like it just feels Nothing's there's no blood, there's no guts, there's nobody like, you know, slashing a chainsaw at her right there. But it's like one of the most disturbing scenes because it's so the texture of like the room and everything just jumps off the screen. Well, I mean, it's it, they basically it's it's giving you like the, the, the visual cues that they've made the inside of the house a slaughterhouse. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the choke point is is precisely the the, the area where like basically <laughs> everyone funnels into the same fucking place. Leatherface's red room of pain. Yeah. That kind of speaks. You know, the room with feathers. It, it kind of speaks to where this movie goes beyond the exploitations film that came before it in that that is his, it's almost a, a, a human touch and that, mm-hmm. that is Leatherface's art studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I think that again, it's, it's so supremely well observed of the morbidity of that kind of like American Western imagery right like it it almost reminded me of something like fear and loathing in las vegas at times with you know the it's it's pulling on that like that cattle ranching imagery and you know the industrial meatpacking imagery where you know what's the most iconic texan thing you can put on the front of your car is you know a big old steer skull right Mm -hmm. and it's it's tapping into that and then going one step further and then going okay well let's let's talk about meat meat qua meat you know not not like meat as a burger or meat as the cow walking around let's talk about the blood and guts part of the meat uh and extend that to its logical conclusion and then rub it all over everything uh and it's just supremely disturbing without without ever getting like gory exactly Mm -hmm. it's just uh, it's just unnerving yeah 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 Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna, my next thought was just it's interesting because it's like, uh, you know, horror, horror movies of old were, were all about like the dangers lurking without, uh, you know, going to other countries like, you know, deepest, darkest Africa and all stuff like that stuff. And then, um, you know, the 70s and like, you know, there's decided that they're going to like the horrors are going to be coming from within. <laughs> like it's, you, you know, you go to the centers of uh, deindustrialization where the, you know, the meatpacking place went down because they've got the new cattle automatic, automatic cattle killer thing. Yeah, um, thank, thank you, Hitchhiker, for bringing some labor history and yeah. praxis into this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like it, it's it's a you know, it's you it feels very much like uh, an American, you know, investigating itself um, rather than like worrying about things on the outside, uh, you know. Well, also, um, the, the, the hitchhiker. So so let's let's talk about the hitchhiker real quick, because he's like a very sort of almost grotesque version of like 
almost like he looks almost like a hippie, right? The yeah. way he's dressed, mm-hmm. and, except that he's got like this weird, like it looks like he's got he made himself like a little a little uh, man purse, but made out of roadkill <laughs> that yeah. serves skin, and you're like, ugh, gross. <laughs> he's like, as soon as he gets in there, he's like, what's that smell? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm sorry, that was that was the uh, the 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 slaughterhouse, but but I'm I'm certain that he also stinks of it because he's waiting outside across the way from it. Um, and, and he's got like a weird, uh, I, I, I guess that was like supposed to be like a strawberry birthmark on his, uh, face. Mm-hmm. It, it just looks like he's, his face is smeared with blood. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, it's interesting to me specifically how like, so the, the young, you know, clean cut, stylish young people who are driving their cool hippie van, um, immediately prejudge him upon seeing him uh, cor- correctly as it turns out but but it kind of sets in motion this theme of like all the worst stuff that they that they suspect unfairly about you know people who live in the country um they they happen to meet all of those actual people uh and but but it really feels like from the beginning it's playing with that that you know middle class fear of the back country um, mm. in a very like almost self-referential way where like it doesn't feel it's like I, 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 I'm sure that this film is frequently called like a hicksploitation, but there seems to be something slightly tongue in cheek about it. The way that it depicts like the hippies as being a bit stupid too, mm-hmm. like and and frankly unfair in what turned out to be correct judgments of people but like they're just constantly judging everybody around them and like well, and, being and shitty to the hitchhiker even before he gives them a reason to be shitty to him mm-hmm. and and they're also shitty to each other mostly to franklin <laughs> Who, yeah. who is sort of left to his own devices and he's like a wheelchair user um one of the things and and again i i might be getting a little bit ahead um that struck me is sort of how uh the way that franklin's uh like upper body presents and the way that leatherface looks like they're sort of uh like almost a certain type of body type that look alike mm-hmm. and it's almost like uh it, it, to a certain extent it's almost like it feels like it's a symbolism of like you know franklin's sort of rage that they dragged him out here and then they don't even fucking pay attention to him. They just want him to tell, tell them where the watering hole is and where this is. And they can't even like bother to push him around because he can't seem to get like, this is out in the fucking country. He can't use his wheelchair very well Mm -hmm. and he needs help. And they just like fuck off to the upstairs to, I guess, giggle and make out and like, you know, whatever smoke weed or whatever they're, they're doing up there. Um, and he's down there just sort of stuck and, and it's, it's sort of sad, but also really funny. Um, the way he's like, you know, he, he blows raspberries and makes, you know, like mocks their giggling and it's like, oh, this is a great day. This is a great place to be, go out and investigate Franklin. (laughs) And it's really funny, but it's also sort of sad because it's like, man, they left you all alone. And this is also like one of those moments where, um, when I first watched this, I was very wary that this, this wasn't going to be the moment that Leatherface pops out and just like cuts him down because you know that's it's weird right because this um 
this is sort of like the the sort of like the the template for a lot of slasher films mm-hmm. uh, and and the slasher films nowadays just use the usual stereotypical rules right the weak if you're weak or ethnic you die first you know uh uh and it's it's a weird um like it's it's a weird rule uh to to glom onto but it is very common uh and it it I guess we could go on a case by case basis depending on the type of movie it is, but it is weird, right? Uh, and Texas is still unique for having a character in a wheelchair. I can't, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of another slasher film that, that has a character with a, debis, a, di, a disability that severe as one of the, as one of the protagonists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It does also feel like that, that, that moment where he's, we're kind of jumping all over, but you know, so it goes. Uh, where where he's blowing raspberries and mocking their laughter, he does sound very much like Leatherface later on. Sounds and there is something mm-hmm. slightly disturbing about the way he's making those noises and just kind of like, at the, you, you know, he's he's just completely lost his temper and is kind of impotently, you know, yelling and screaming at them, you know, fairly from from downstairs. But there is something slightly off-putting about it, especially, you know, you by this point, you know that they're going to get got. And also, to your point, Carlo, the film has gone on for quite a long time before anybody gets got. It's like 35 minutes or so before mm-hmm, the yeah. first kill happens. Everything up to that point is just like, it's not even really in danger. It's just like malaise. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the worst stuff also has all happened to Franklin. Um, he got, mm-hmm. you know, the the hitchhiker slashed him with a knife. Not even that bad. Just like just like being a fucking asshole about it. And uh, he got knocked down a hill by uh, a, a tractor trailer driving by and like knocking rocks over. <coughs> um, and it's like he's just been kind of pushed around and abused. And it's like it seems entirely fair that he's pissed off. But at the same time, again, you expect that, you know, he's alone. He's by himself. You expect him to be the one who's going to get got. And it's not. It's yep. it's the handsome, cool kids who don't even get to have sex. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, and uh, if, I, if I could return to uh, uh, an earlier point, I think Kurt made. Um, with, uh, you know, showing these people as, as, you know, your stereotypical hippies, they're reading from an astrology book mm-hmm. <laughs> about, you know, I think Saturn being in, re- in retrograde. And then, um, uh, and, and this is where we see like, uh, kind of a, a remix of what was in all the Gothic films at the time. Um, and, and, and making it, uh, Americana, the, the little bag that the, um, uh, hitchhiker has strikes me as something like a medicine bag. Mm. Oh yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so that. his his uh, his burning of the photo and stuff like that is him performing a ritual. Hmm. Yeah, it de- yeah, it's very ritualized. It's this very strange, like you know, even his knife has this kind of like primitive Americana, you know, style to it. You know, uh, Franklin has this nice pocket knife. And the hitchhiker has this kind of weird, like, it's a, he's got a straight razor. It's like yeah, a straight, a straight razor. razor. Yeah, but it's kind of like all fucked up looking. It's like just it's it's weird. And he's got it like rolled up in his in his sock. And yeah, it's it's very it's it's very strange. Um, so and, so and also re- re- real quick oh, with the um, 
with uh, the whole like hippies aspect, um, I really like the way that it specifically mentions like, oh, you know, they're going to um, fr- uh, Franklin's like dad's house. And he's like, oh, yeah, he he owns it. And, and it's like it feels like it's drawing a contrast between, you know, ownership of the land and actually being, you know, of the land the way that. Leatherface and all the, you know, all his family are and the hippies mm-hmm. very much are not, even though well, they feel that they uh, that they own it. Well, one thing. Uh, thanks for reminding me about that, Ty, because I, I, I forgot about that. And uh, when I was rewatching it, the the Saturn and retrograde thing yeah. really stood out to me because, I mean, come on. What's the most famous painting Goya ever painted? <laughs> Jupiter devouring his son. Is it Saturn devouring his son? Uh, yeah, that's it. Duh. <laughs> and and I mean, like one one, you have cannibalism straight in the straight in the imagery, mm-hmm. and two, like it's also like a, a grander metaphor, right? Because if if like the America is basically just sort of leaving these areas to fend for themselves, like what do you think is going to happen right yeah. it, it's well, like the country eating itself basically yeah. well i mean meanwhile the the meat grinder in vietnam continues to turn on mm, that's true that's a good that's a good uh, uh catch chris i'd forgotten and on top of that um you know when they go to uh hit, hit the uh it's amazing how easily this is missed but when they pull up to the uh the gas station to get gas you know there's this tiny little sign that says we slaughter <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh, anyway, uh, but the, uh, I checked and the fuel crisis had already been going on two, for two years by the time mm-hmm. this was released. And uh, you had the, the connection of them saying this is a true story. Um, some of the cast had to shoot down again and again and again all the way into the, the early 2010s. Um, you have this perfect encapsulation of, you know, the government was lying about being in Cambodia. Mm. Uh, uh, you had Nixon lying about Watergate. And so you had the, the, the hippies in the rural and this whole uh, uh, rural versus urban divide. And so it's like even like more than any, uh, like a, a more historically accurate film, Texas Chainsaw, this, this little grotty independent film captures that time period and the chaos and the, uh the madness of it hmm. better than anything else and like and shortly after i think it was shortly either shortly after they started filming or shortly after it was released you had just all the big serial killers coming out you had dean coral in houston you had uh uh john wayne gacy up in indiana hmm. and uh and this movie captures it without ever with barely having a tie to reality to historical events well i mean um i i would say that um that this movie um definitely is pointing towards older uh cases mm-hmm. uh, specifically what is it uh fisk and gain yeah um specifically gain a lot uh because he 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 would do that too right he would um like skin corpses like uh, yeah th- there, there's there's definitely like uh you know, like they're not absolutely certain, you know, how many people he killed, but he definitely like grave robbed and, and you know, stole uh, body parts and shit like that. And it's just just uh, it's it's so grotesque that it sort of um, it really took over sort of like this, uh, like the, the American imagination for a, for a while. Mm-hmm. 
Like, like uh, that's where he, Psycho he, came from. That's where the, the well, movie yeah, Psycho yeah, exactly. Like, like that's the thing. Uh, Gein was like um, so so weird that they chopped him up into different pieces and gave different pieces to different sort of different uh, slasher and or serial killer. Uh, you know, to to give them attributes because you know, like if you were to give them all to to one, <laughs> I think people would be like, oh, that's not that's that feels that feels unreal. I to one more point about capturing the time. I really like how the movie opens with these grotesque news reports of, you know, all these kind of like quotidian uh, maladies of civilization, you know, people being mad that, you know, uh, a baseball game was blacked out. So they jumped out of a window and somebody else had to be restrained. And, you know, somebody else was, you know, like a series of violent murders in a city and, uh, just it's you know they're they're mentioning like the grave desecrations, but they're also just mentioning all this other like awful gross stuff, and it feels like one of those very nineteen seventies like malaise American pressure boiler openings, where they just you know talking about you know the the whole world's gone mad, very like uh, network uh, mm-hmm. sort of style, and it's such a great way to to kick it off because to your point, it 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 grounds it very clearly in something that. It, it clearly goes beyond the backcountry. This is not about the backcountry being fucked up. It's about America being fucked up. Right. Well, and and, and I think it 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 really does um, set up that mood that I had mentioned. That it feels like almost um, instead of being like a completely uh, like hack thing. You know, and and the fourth angel opened the seal and blah blah blah. This just feels like somehow the apocalypse is happening but you're hearing it through news reports and just regular everyday things like things are just going to shit like it it does feel apocalyptic in that way and it sort of sets you up for like oh well this is not going to be a good movie i'm not going to feel good about this am i So, so I guess we we could we could start with uh, like the. It is sort of funny just how quickly like we talked about how it it waits a while for people to get got, but then how quickly every like yeah. the three initial victims are just like one after it's like almost like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, bonk. <laughs> what are the well, great? That- what are the great uh, initial kills? Just, mm-hmm. just bonk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he well, that, opens that's... the wrong door. Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> don't don't surprise a Leatherface in his natural habitat. Uh, he's really just more afraid of you than you are of it. You know. <laughs> uh, the uh, the horror filmmakers can learn a lesson because, like with that first one, there's the door the door opens bonk. There's no jump scare. There's no scare chords. It's just it's just the sounds of. You know, yeah. The incredibly meaty sounds of the guy getting his head bashed in, and yeah. the twitching, and then, the twitching, yeah, the twitching, oh, and yes. twitching. That is what really. That I think is when the movie is like shows you its hand a little bit, and it's like, oh, it's it's a different kind of movie. This yeah, is, this is a unique kind of weird and fucked up. Yeah, yes. and uh, uh, one of the points of realism that really stuck out to me uh, this time around uh, happened just moments before that, in that. Every single uh, tooth that you see has a filling in it. Mm. Mm. Like mm. there's, there like if you like in most nor- in most movies, it may be real teeth, it may be prop teeth. 
But when it has that feeling in it, it's like, oh, that's fucking real. <laughs> and then, and, like, and, and you know, just to jump ahead very briefly, during one scene where Marin, Marilyn Burns is screaming, you can see her silver amalgam fillings in the top <laughs> row of her teeth. Mm. <laughs> and so it's like, just that little, that's that little thing just keeps ground, grind, grinding the, uh, grounding uh, the, uh, the viewer in this realism in this atmosphere of decay and malaise. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I love about the atmosphere is that it 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 takes things that are perfectly normal to see on like a farm and recontextualizes them in the context of, you know, a family of serial killers. Like it's pretty normal to see a bunch of old cars at a farm, right? Like that's that's not that weird. Like that that's a thing that you would see at a farm. But in the in the context of the film, you go, oh, like those are the cars of the victims. Mm-hmm. You know, other people that they've killed. You know, you see mm. bones around. Like one of the things about, you know, uh cattle ranches is that, you know, animals die on them and sometimes there are bones around. And uh you know, it, it, it's like that's not that unusual. It's a pretty normal thing to see around a cattle ranch. Um, but then in the context of the film, it becomes evidence of all this, you know, this like hidden violence, this secret, you know, legacy of violence that's like been bubbling underneath the, you know, the, the current of the American Southwest. Um, and I, I love that they don't like nothing that they show you is that far outside of plausibility. Right. Like it's just it's ominous or oh, this is one of my favorite touches in the film. And this this fucking got me, by the way. This is my first time seeing it, by the way. I, oh. I was I was blown away by it. Oh, hell yeah, wow. man. Yeah, I was blown away by this. Movie. Um, I love that you hear this chugging engine and you're like, it's fucking chainsaw. And it's not. It's a diesel electric generator. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just electric generator. Yep. And you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And it, it builds you up and then it lets you down. And like to your, to your point, Ty, it's not a jump scare. It doesn't have like like the scare strings or anything. It's just like, it just goes on for like several minutes. And you're like, oh God, where is he? When's he going to jump out? Oh, it's not. It's just something that sounds exactly like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting that um, like, the the movie does a good job of centering the house like and showing how like completely alone it is like there's like nothing around and it's like you know you kind of go crazy when you're that isolated a little bit and like leaning into the themes about america itself it's like what exactly does america need you know manifest destiny and all that land for you know if you're just going to go crazy in the middle well, you know, uh, you, you, you go out, you, you, you found your, your family ranch, and you make the, the horrible mistake to call it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Ranch, and people start suspecting you of stuff. <laughs> go figure, right? Shit. They, they, they suddenly recontextualize old cars that you just couldn't fix uh, and think that they're victims' cars and, you know, send the police over. Uh, no, no, I, I'm, I'm mostly uh, or actually I'm completely joking because th- this movie is very um, also uh, it's it's not tr- it doesn't wink at us. It doesn't try to give you any type of. uh consolation or it's not interested in any of that um and and like it is darkly funny that you know uh what is it um the 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 initial guy goes in and he's been like teasing um the 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 girl because they've been looking for the the watering hole and then they just he just walks into the house and um 
It walks into the yeah, the little murder room, the little red room with the freezers, and Leatherface just steps out and just like hits him straight in the forehead and knocks him, like stuns him like like he would a, 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 a head of cattle. And you know, we we get like all the 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 twitching and the heels like drumming on the floor and all that shit. Um, but then like the other two people, including the guy that was driving, who I, I laughed to myself because I was like, oh, this is what Disco Stew uh, was based <laughs> off of. He looks like Disco <laughs> Stew. <laughs> it just also walks straight in. And like, it's it's like a trapdoor spider because like, um, you know, like he's uh, Leatherface is just in his little room and he has like a sliding like aluminum door uh, that he closes after each kill. And it's it's exactly like that. Like he'll just bonk, uh, drag you inside, either put you in a hook or put you in a freezer, and then slam the door shut again. And you're like, "Holy shit!" Three people died within like ten minutes. Like maybe I'm exaggerating, but it feels like ten minutes of of movie. It, it might be even less than that. Uh, I I also like the sense that Leatherface is like kind of frustrated about all these people showing up and like him having to kill them and then process the bodies. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. There's, I want to go home. On. It's, it's not frustration. I would say it's anxiety. Yeah. Like, where the hell are these weirdos coming from? I mean, yeah. it's always like because he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't go out and look and see if there's any more of them. Uh, he's just he's just trying to do his thing in his house. And all of a sudden, here's all these people. I love when he like goes over and sits in the corner as is, is like kind of like holding his head, and he's like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Like, yes. <laughs> and, 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 Leave and me alone. Where, I just want to fucking make my bone art. And, and here's where like most exploitation film at that time, like uh, Last House on the Left, uh, I think came out uh, two years before that in '72. Um, most of the villains in there were basically like if Jack Chick direct was. If Jack Chick directed a uh, a documentary, it's like they're utter cartoons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so here within Texas Chainsaw, we see these incredible flashes of humanity that are just so subtly and delicately done, and uh, and uh, that choice in particular, uh, I believe, was all Gunnar Hansen. Hmm, it's interesting. It's worth mentioning that the way that this this film is shot. Is a step above. It's gorgeous. It's, it's amazing. So gorgeous. And uh, th- just this. this was, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go oh ahead. no, 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 no! Please continue. Uh, this was uh, where I first saw this. I, you know, I was coming back to horror after a long absence, and up until then, I thought I'd kind of treated movies as disposable. I was like, yeah, they're nice, but whatever. Prose is better. And then just there's just one gorgeous shot after another, and it's like this is when I fell in love with film as a medium and saw its artistic value. And in fact, the, and the, and it still influences cinematographers to this day. Like the cin- mm-hmm. like Steven Spielberg, when he found out the, the, the uh, cinematographer of Texas Chainsaw was on his set one day, basically put the, put the, I think it was 1941. He put the whole set on pause dragged the dragged the cinematographer to his trailer and just grilled him for about four hours on how they did <laughs> on how they did the swing shot hmm. of where the the house is just looming over the girl 
Yeah, that's that's a great shot. Um, I really this is such a random little shot, but it really impressed me is when the van pulls up to the gas station. There's a really nice kind of like sideways pan and then kind of like down along. It's just a, just it's a very slight movement, but the camera is positioned so perfectly that it gives it this very modern feel like it doesn't feel like like films coming out in 1974 didn't typically look like that they had a lot more like you know still establishing shots um you know like far off like wide shots and and this feels like something that could be in a film like today and it's just very well done and it just look it looks outstanding it's beautifully shot it's just i I, it doesn't look like a film that was made on the cheap it's really looks really terrific it's a uh, uh, it's a perfect marriage of the the art house with the the grind house. You know, mm-hmm. a marriage a marriage that still uh, uh, continues to this day within horror. I think the right. music, uh, such as it is, really also elevates the film because you've got this kind of weird, uh, almost like industrial ambient sounds like there's there's a couple you know the, what what little film there what little music there is in the film tends to be very discordant just like cymbals crashing or like we talked about like the whining sound already it's just very i don't know it it feels like uh like a soundscape more than it does you know m- music it's it's like it's like the exact polar opposite approach to you know the the other horror approach that i love which is like like the John Carpenter approach where you have like a very noticeable light motif. And this, this goes in a totally different direction of just being like, let's just find weird fucked up sounds and kind of make these weird, like bricolage sound effects from them. They feel kind of like music, but they're like anti music. Right. And I, I, that's something that, um, I I've noticed in very few and, and usually in, in like horror movies, um, there are, you know, there are these decisions made where there is like large swaths of the the movie that don't have like they don't have like a score or like uh, you know like like uh, musical accents to you know like like you know the the the, the slasher strings or whatever you know um, and it just what it does it just creates this weird tension because it feels I don't know it feels like you're watching something real you know like you're watching real life something happen. Yeah, and, and, and within the context of a of a horror movie, the jump scare prov- uh, provides a bit of catharsis because it's alleviating that tension, it's alleviating that anxiety, mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw and and I would argue uh, pretty much every great work of horror refuses to let that tension subside. It just mm-hmm. builds on it and builds on it and builds on it. All right. Can we talk about the weird fucked up family? <laughs> the leather, the, the leather faces <laughs> coming soon to ABC. The found family, you mean? The yes. found family. Well, yeah. well, also, let me let me just point out um, one of the things that stood out to me when I first saw this um, is how Leatherface changes his role from like being Leatherface to being like the matron. Yeah. Of the family mm-hmm. and it's such a weird touch and it works so well to be even more unsettling mm-hmm. in my in my opinion because you're like he's just wearing like a, a fucking somebody's face to be smeared lipstick on 
And it, like that's more unsettling than the weird old fucking vampire that they got <laughs> up in the yeah. attic. It, it, it gives him some pathos too, because like what happens when you see him like that is he gets fucking abused by the guy who owns the gas station. It just like fucking like chases him around the house, you know, hitting him with a stick. And it, it's this weird moment of like, sympathy for him but it's like jesus stop being such a fucking asshole to leatherface he's doing the he's doing the best he can he's doing <laughs> food at the table the best he's job. been cooking all day you assholes <laughs> well that, that's that's the defense that the the skinny guy the the hitchhiker who shows up again uh he basically oh we 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 do the killing and he does he just does the cooking that's <laughs> like no like no he did all the work he did all the work he was doing all of the emotional labor. It's not Leatherface's job to educate you. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that really just makes the, the tension spike again because you've seen how terrifying Leatherface is. And here's Leatherface just scared to death of the, well, he, of the cook. Yeah, he's completely cowed uh, to, use, to use a pun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like he's, he's completely like under... Uh, the old guy's thumb, and so it's it's weird, right? Because um, so so I'm, I'm gonna probably invoke something that uh, will will probably make you hiss, uh, Ty. But um, one of the things that came to mind as I was uh, watch rewatching this is um, like the structure, like almost the the symbolic and or mythic structure of this is that the hitchhiker is almost like um, it's like um, cabin in the woods. <laughs> which has the harbinger and the mm -hmm. hitchhiker's the harbinger he's the one that tells you that you're headed towards fucked up shit mm -hmm. and they kick him out and he even leaves like a weird sigil right uh, they they think it's like mm -hmm. a, a sign that he's left on the on the van which in fairness does look like some weird fucking writing or something um but then everyone else that they meet, the gas station guy who <laughs> who happens to be the guy that cooks, uh, everyone else that is not Leatherface, they've met before and they're all in on it. And it's such a weird <laughs> like it's like the, 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 the trap snapping shut uh, way before you even noticed it, you know. Mm -hmm. And even and even the uh, the cook tried to warn them away. It's like, uh, don't yeah. I yeah, I like that a lot. Where it's like he's like, oh, you don't want to take those girls out there. It is nothing good. People get pissed off if you go on their land, and they they literally they go on people's land. And Leatherface doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. You know, he's he's uh, employing the cat. Oh, you know, well, this he's, is yeah, the castle doctrine. Yeah, it's castle doctrine. You know, you know, it's actually probably perfectly legal for him to have killed them. <laughs> he was standing his ground. They they were intruders <laughs> at his house. I, I think that no crime occurred in this movie. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Kurt, um, you, you can, you can, uh, ride, you can go ahead after a uh, Ted Cruz's, uh, seat in the Senate, uh, next year, I guess. The Texas Chainsaw Patriot. <laughs> wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be funny if uh, the next conspiracy is that, uh, actually Ted Cruz is uh, his dad, his dad was Leatherface. <laughs> uh, uh, but to, to, to return to, uh, uh, Leatherface mask, it's like, with the exception of Marilyn Burns, it's like there, you can tell there's a real absence of the feminine within this family. Like mm -hmm. the house, like, out, like the house 
is sparse and bare like where they keep their grandparents it's like it's just two chairs in this room with a lamp yeah uh and and there's no uh uh homey touch outside of uh you know the slaughter room and uh uh leatherface's studio and so you see leatherface try to fill that role and, yeah. that, and that just mm-hmm. makes it is like it, it makes it makes you more sympathetic toward Leatherface while also like giving an insight into his psyche. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out that uh, Steve Jobs famously had a room with just a lamp in it. So maybe we're underestimating Leatherface's <laughs> sense of taste. I'm just, <laughs> um, but I, I do. I really like the shot with like the grandparents up in the room um both because of one it feels very like american gothic it feels that kind of like again it's that that like that american kitsch you know oh, there's grandma and grandpa Mima and peepaw you know sitting in their rocking chairs uh and then and then you know the subsequent revelation that grandpa is alive mm. and is just you know wants wants some blood to suck on just you know he's just waiting for his meal well, um, he, he, you know that he, he's still alive. He, he found a, found a great job now. Um, you know, at we're least for Peter uh, Thiel. <laughs> no, no, he was, he was, he, he, he had a, a brief stint as the, um, the Six Flags, uh, you know, spokesperson. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. He, he would, he would fit in in uh, Palantir. For, that's for sure. <laughs> Just one of Peter Thiel's, uh, you know, senior, senior vampires. But yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I do re- really like Ty. The yeah, to your point about like the absent, the absence of like the feminine and Leatherface's attempted role, you know, attempt at filling that role. It's very, it's 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 interesting because, um, you know, typically, okay, so so the the man, you know, the the male killer dressing up as a woman is a very like giallo touch. But it's almost always used in those as like a sexual thing. It's at some level or, uh, you know, and, and and you do get that in like the psycho tradition. But that still feels like it's, you know, this vaguely sexual thing. And there's really there's none of that in this film, really. It just feels like, I don't know, like despair or desperation. It's a it's a very different context um, when it when it occurs in this film and it feels Despite being very um, guarded about commenting on anything, this the you know it's it it feels like it's a much more nuanced exploration of that symbolism than you would typically get in a slasher or an exploitation film where there was like a fairly well established series of like you know easy easy cliches. That, l- let's say, and uh, and God, this is a uh, I, I'm I'm channeling. Gunnar Hansen's <laughs> read on the film here, but uh, I, I wish I'd. It's one of those things where, like, damn, I wish I'd come up with that. Um, but it's there's almost like the 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 men just have they don't even have the capacity to be able to deal with that, and so it's like as you were pointing out, it's like as soon as the cook sees Leatherface and his feminine. Uh, a feminine mask he just starts beating the hell out of him uh, it's like during a dinner scene there's one bit where um 
uh, Marilyn Burns says, please, I'll do anything. And then there's mm-hmm. just, there's no, there's no reaction. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no mm-hmm. reaction to it. And then when she starts screaming again, they start laughing. Mm-hmm. So they've, they, they've repressed so hard that the only outlet ha- they have is essentially this libidinal fascist violence. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I also, I also, um, I, I was going to make a joke about how, uh, how, how, uh, basically, uh, Leatherface was just trying to be to, to cozify the 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 family unit, but but <laughs> he's he's trying to do cottage core. Well, yeah. <laughs> Le- Leatherface TikTok influencer, but for, but for honestly, dermis, this is cozy horror. Well, that, yeah, that, that's I mean, I, 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 I use it as a joke, but honestly, like like it's a way for for Leatherface to like he he feels that there's a lack, right? And I think that's what we've been talking about. It, there's a lack in the in the way that the family's composed and he, you know, being sort of I guess anxious. <laughs> he he had anxiety. That's what he that's why he did all those things. Uh, <laughs> he was but, a very large being with anxiety. Um, <laughs> I am but, literally disabled and have anxiety. Yes. <laughs> so so I mean but if we are going to take the read that he's sort of like somewhat uh, nervous at all these intrusions, like why wouldn't he also have like a weird uh, need to please others, right? Uh, especially those of his quote family unit, um, even though they abuse him, even though mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. So, so you know, it, it, this weirdly might be the way that he tries to make himself small. Uh, by by being the the sort of like the the feminine or the matron of the family at the dinner table, but yeah, the, like the it, it's only like a role. It's like playing dolls or, or or taxidermy or some shit like that. It's not really. There's no real. There's no connection there because he, they, they none of them know how to really deal with any emotions mm-hmm. uh, other than just like yeah, yelling and blood and and death. And that and that whole dinner scene is almost like a a parody of like a of a of a fifties sitcom sit down yep, yep. dinner of a you know father knows best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Guess, it's, it's guess who like, we're having for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> the boss is coming over for dinner. <laughs> you knucklehead, leather face. You burned the roast. <laughs> um, <laughs> he burned yeah. the boss. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. I, Again, it's that like it's it's that um that stereotypical Americana imagery of like yeah like the sit down dinner in the in in the house and everyone's eating together and you know you've got the guest over and you're bickering at the table and and Grandpa's sucking on blood you know as Grandpa well, is want to do. Uh, and by do the you, way, I just want to say I love the little blood dance he does when he's getting his his blood finger. He's kind of <laughs> like woohoo. <laughs> you can almost hear the Six Flags uh, theme. Do, 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 do. Um, anyway, no, but but also to your point, um, you know, the, instead of giving uh, the the elder, you know, like the elder man of the family, like the carving knife, they give the elder man of the family the stunning hammer and he's the one that's supposed to kill uh like stun marilyn uh so that she's you know ready to be eaten 
it's it's such a weird thing and it, it, it's almost like it, it is sort of funny no, not not almost funny it is very funny where he's like come on grandpa you can do it yeah. <laughs> you're like he's a fucking corpse man oh he's not gonna hit him oh oh you know what this made me realize is um you know what else plays with this exact same imagery uh is the neil gaiman book american gods um and it handles it much less capably than than i would say texas chainsaw massacre does but it really is trying to plumb a lot of the same depths that this film uh, does, because if you recall um, when they stop in, uh, I think it's Chicago maybe. And, and they visit mm-hmm. uh, the, the Russian family. Chernobog. Chernobog. Yes. Uh, used to work in the slaughterhouses. And he specifically talks about how, you know, he had the hammer and he would kill people. He would kill the cattle with the hammer. And then they replaced it with the air gun and it wasn't as good. And shadow makes a bargain that you know, if he loses, uh, what is it, a chess game? No, no, checkers. Um, that mm-hmm. that uh, Chernabog could uh, bash his brains out um, with his uh, killing hammer, um, and and it again. That's a that's another book that is very concerned with you know Americana and the idea of like the American mythos and and it's I don't know. It's such a, I it's it's one of those things like this film. American gods and preacher are all kind of grasping at something. And, and I think that this does the best job of getting its arms around it, but it also says has the least to explicitly say about it. Um, but it's certainly, you know, of the three, I came away feeling, uh, feeling the strongest, um, from having seen this. Well, yeah. Preacher even has like the whole, uh, the, the, the whole meat and, and slaughterhouse, uh, sub, sub, uh, plot and whatnot. I think that the issue is that, um, I forget. Is it Ennis? Yes. Uh, that yeah. Those are all British. Yeah, yeah. British and Scottish. Well, and- well, yeah. They're 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 <laughs> not they're sorry, not Irish. fucking American. Um, yeah. But but also like on top of that, I feel like Ennis just has contempt for his characters in general. So I don't get the feeling that that uh, Tobe Hooper is trying to like he's not trying to say anything explicit. He's letting you sort of like sift and, and interpret, but also he's. He's he's just presenting it. It's just like almost like a documentary style of of filming, and he's letting you figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, here, check it out. I'm going to give you some fucking images. And, and incidentally, that's what I love so much about the end, where it, it almost kind of I don't know. It's just like it's not a typical horror movie ending. It doesn't have that turn, right? Like people will talk. People, I, I, I've often heard people describe. You know, this is one of the films that really like solidified the idea of like the final girl. Um, mm. but it's really, it's just very few horror films that end quite, quite like this, where it's just kind of like, she, I don't know, the, the film kind of turns in a dime and suddenly it's a very different sort of, I don't know, almost farcical, uh, ending where like, she's just kind of, you know, she's, she's running away in a panic and they're chasing her. And then all of a sudden people are getting splattered by, you know, tractor trailers. It's just, it's just a very strange ending. There isn't that moment where she, you know, fights back. And becomes mm-hmm. the killer, as you know, as as has been, I think the the well, she, the trend in horror films for the last yeah, like, like she's thirty years. She's in the final girl, like uh, uh, Laurie is in in Halloween, right? Exactly. Yes. Um. She she's a final girl in merely the sense that she is the last one to survive. And I, I will say, uh, uh, Kurt, that um, our, our recent uh, previous graveside episode uh, uh, movie also ends precisely the same way a woman 
who is perhaps screaming, mm. perhaps laughing, yeah. <laughs> perhaps oh, has yeah. lost her mind. <laughs> That's a good point, Carlo. Uh, from Beyond ends pretty much uh, with that same emotion. Yeah. And honestly, it really fucking works here because I don't know how I would fucking feel about any of this. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it, well it's interesting because it like connects like the cosmic horror uh, that um, she was screaming at at the end of From Beyond with the like, you know, Hu- the humane or humanity horror uh, in Texas Chainsaw, but it's this you you go to the same place like you're still completely insane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you you extracted the same emotion. <laughs> you didn't have to see uh, tentacled things. <laughs> yeah, with, with a with a resonator, uh, you could yeah. just visit a weird house in Texas exactly. to get the same effect. <laughs> Humanity can put up points on the board just like any other Lovecraftian horror. <laughs> I and I I love the the whole like Leatherface dance at the end with the chainsaw. We're just kind mm. of like frustrated and and pissed off and he's just fucking swinging that shit like crazy well um, i i it's a great image I, I i love that image because it also feels like he's triumphant um as well in the sense that like you like you said it's it's not like you know like Marilyn didn't rise up and take the uh, take the weapons of leatherface and kill him you know she just escapes and Leatherface is still fucking out there. It's still a pro- like the 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 problems that Leatherface uh, represents, right? All of that malaise, all of that horror that's just sort of just under the surface of just about anywhere is just it's still out there. It for all we know, it might be dancing right in the middle of a fucking highway, waiting for you to come close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just reading a little bit earlier um, some comments from uh, Kim Hankel, uh, who who wrote the film along with uh, Tobe Hooper, um, and he he specifically mentioned um, the uh, the the Houston serial killer case with uh, what is it Dean Dean Carl and uh, Elmer Henley. Yes, thank you. Um, and he specifically mentions how he was struck by Elmer Henley, who was one of the people who, who basically re- re- recruited victims and and helped in the killings. Um, made it like a point of pride that he, you know uh, he he eventually confessed and was like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing and and you know confess and and you know kill this guy. Um, and he observed that like there was a weird sort of humanity. To it, where it was, um, he he uses the term uh, moral schizophrenia, where where like you know you could you, you can be doing all these monstrous things, but still maintain this like baseline level of like humanity at at some level. And so he, he you know in in writing the film, he tried to build that that sense of genuine humanity into the characters, even you know the the weird killers, where they weren't just. I, I think in a lot of horror films, characters like the hitchhiker, or especially like like Leatherface. Um, you know, the, the difference between Leatherface and Michael Myers is that Michael Myers is just a tool of the plot of the movie. You know, he is the hammer that is smashing the characters, but, you know, but by and large, and there's, there's backstory and there's some character nuance that's added, but he doesn't have that baseline level of humanity that Leatherface does. You don't see Michael Myers, you know, sit down and get upset about stuff. Um, and it's such a different approach to horror and it's such a different, unique approach to, you know, the slasher template. Um, 
And it's so interesting that as is so often the case, like when, you know, the originators of the genre are, are so often more complex and more, you know, deeper than the later imitators. Um, and I think that's certainly the case here. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm very struck by this film. It's very good. And so far it's, uh, it's like whenever somebody's turning up their nose at horror, I'm just like, you know what? Watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre with me. Yeah. And, and, and you'll get it. And every single time it's worked and I've gotten a whole bunch of people into horror because of that film. Well, wow. it's it's a very easy film to dismiss without seeing too. Like like based on the name and the premise, you're like, okay, it's a guy running around with a chainsaw slash you know cutting people up. And that actually only happens like once or twice in the entire film. It's, mm-hmm. it's yes. much more about everything <laughs> up to <than> that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is like uh, uh, you know the uh, the critical reevaluation for this film came much later than it usually does for for horror films uh, because of that title. And then very slowly it started coming around and, uh, thankfully, uh, Hooper and, uh, and, uh, Hanson, uh, got to see some of that turnaround once, uh, you know, before they passed. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's too outlandish to say that this is one of the best movies ever made. Um, like not just horror movies, but like just best movies ever made, period. Like, yeah. 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 It, it has a lot of it, it reminds me a lot of um uh films of the Australian new wave um mm, also yes. which is going on oh, yeah. around the same Good time. Point. Yeah. Uh like it, it just it like um there's elements to the opening sequence. Um have have any of you ever seen Walkabout? I have not, but uh I definitely feel you when it comes to Peter Ware's um Yes, yes, uh, exactly. I, I forget the title of it, but uh the boarding school girls go out to the big uh, rock. Oh, uh, pick, uh, pick, 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 rock. Yeah. pick the hanging rock. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's just that weird, that, 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 that uncanny, uh, that the, the, building the uncanny into the landscape and, um, uh, walk about also is very concerned with kind of like the, the, I don't know, the sickness of modernity and, and just I, like the, the violence of, you know, day to day life, in you know an industrialized society and like the the opening sequences of walkabout feel very similar in a lot of ways to the opening sequences of this film even though even though they go in very different directions um there's just something i don't know there's something like there's, there's something in the 70s there was something in the air of people really looking modernity and the modern state of civilization in the face in a way that they never quite had up until that point. Like you, you get the sense of like, I don't know, a a, a lot of earlier films are, are able to grapple with the symbols of modernity and of modern culture and, and of, you know, technology and industrialized society. And it's only feels like it's in the seventies that suddenly, art is able to fully step out of itself and really look at the human condition totally from afar. Um, you, you're reminding me, uh, Kurt of phase four. Yeah, ve- very much. Yeah, very much. So, I mean, ve- there, there, there's shots in phase four that also feel like, like shots in Texas chainsaw massacre. There's mm-hmm. something, I don't know. There's, there's some ineffable quality to all of them that, um, it just really is impactful and remains impactful to this day. And, yep. and chainsaw and chainsaw uh, remains influential. I mean, like 
uh, you can definitely uh, uh, see uh, how it's affected Ari Aster mm-hmm. in Hereditary. Uh, and uh, I don't think there's uh, even not it's it's influence even non horror people. So so let me ask let me ask you something uh, in in general to everyone because for me this film feels like it it basically has two acts that's it <laughs> because there's that hard dividing line where and then after that it's just Marilyn inside the house. And the extended uh, escape sequence. And then there's the buildup to get Marilyn to be the, the last. Marilyn and Franklin uh, are, are the last two. And then poor Franklin, because he, he needs to hold a flashlight uh, so, so she can push him along in the dark, uh, you know, basically gets gets got by by Leatherface. Um, but but yeah, I, I feel like this is like a weird uh like this movie seems to have like a weird structure to it. That's just like, it's two acts. That's it. That's all it's got. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone else thinks that that is the case, but that's my, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, kind of it's, it's, it's kind of like the group portion of the film where they're getting, you know, picked off one by one. And then there's kind of the second act. (laughs) The individual achievement part of the film. (laughs) Yes, the individual achievement part of the film. And then and then there's there's kind of, you know, the 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 section maybe maybe with the beginning with that that chase through the darkness, which is shot phenomenally, by the way. Some of the best nighttime cinematography I've ever seen. Like it actually it it looks like and appear appears to be at night, but you can tell exactly what's going on, but it's got that Mm -hmm. strange I don't know. It's got that strange quality of un unknowability of of you know being in the woods at night. Yeah, yeah it, it, it absolutely feels like being lost in the in the in the backwoods at night. And uh, and uh, this cannot be said enough. Marilyn and Gunnar Hansen could not see shit. Mm. <laughs> they. Their lighting was so subpar. I wish I, could, I wish I could remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it was nowhere near what you actually need. <laughs> uh, boss, boss, uh, if we if we buy more uh, light bulbs, that we're over budget, boss. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, uh, as as and as so often the case with horror, it's like you just when you when you meet a, when you meet a limitation, just start leaning into it. And figure out how to use it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> granted, it it it, it almost costs somebody uh, an arm or a leg, but uh, <laughs> or a head. I don't know, man. <laughs> and that was uh, that was only I think the second time someone almost died on the on set. So, <laughs> oh no, what, what was the what was the first time? <laughs> uh, let's see here. There was um, oh god, what was. The- I think someone almost suffocated. I want to say it was the old man. The guy playing the old man was actually like 25. And I want to say he almost suffocated in that mask. Oh, boy. Mm. boy. Uh, that, that, that's what the all blood diet does to you, though, right? That's um, yeah. that's how you look. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and that that was uh, and that that shoot like for those, I think, two days. I think I want to say that shoot went almost 30 hours. Because uh, the guy, the guy playing the old man was just like, I'm not doing this another day. Jesus Christ, and, poor guy! Uh, and pretty much everybody just started having a mental breakdown at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 
third time was <laughs> when they dropped the uh right there at the end when they dropped the chainsaw on Leatherface's leg and it scarred him. Um when they filmed that, they uh gunner for just a brief moment thought for sure that it had cut through like all the protection and the the steel sleeve that he was wearing. And, and and he thought that it had cut through, but he just got burned from the <laughs> from how fast that blade was friction was, burn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, friction burn. And then the last one was Tobe Hooper because at the point when they filmed Leatherface's uh dance, uh Hansen had had enough of Hooper's bullshit. And so he tried to swing that swing the saw as close as he could without actually hurting Cooper. <laughs> and he put a he put a he put a scare in him. He put a real scare in him. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think I'd be scared too. <laughs> yes. A little bit. Just a tiny bit. Oh, I I remember what the first one was. Um when uh when it uh, in the kill room when the the second guy has been uh when he's just hooked the girl and he goes to work sawing on um on the the first guy he killed he's cutting above the actor's head into the table and the saw skipped <laughs> and, and nearly slammed into his head Jeez. so no, I, I don't. Th- do you think OSHA was on on set that day, or? <laughs> oh no, oh, <laughs> I doubt it. Oh um, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I mean, it, it, I gotta admit, Ty, this is uh, like this is the second time I've watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, you know, like I'd I'd watched it out of the blue before, uh, and and then rewatched it for you know in preparation for this episode. But but honestly, this is really uh, like. If we haven't sold you on it, folks, uh, yet, it, it is really it's it's really well shot. Um, it is not as gory as the uh, the off putting name of the, the the title of the movie might lead you to believe. Uh, it is it does have some gore, but it's mostly just very unsettling and just really doubles down on on really sort of grotesque imagery and whatnot. Um, this so you, movie, this movie gets you through its atmosphere. It gets you through its sound design, and uh, you know, just to touch briefly on the sound design, that really comes through during the dinner scene because that's because you feel like a boxer after just a nine round match. <laughs> uh, just how assaulting that sound is of Marilyn just screaming her head off and uh, the other guys laughing. And then there's just the, the, the cameras just keep getting closer and closer until you can see the veins and Marilyn burns his eye. Mm-hmm. And it is genuinely, it still gets to me. It's genuinely one of the most unnerving sequences in, uh, in all of horror film. And, and, uh, and that's how this movie uh, gets to you and it's and it's artistic and gorgeous at every step of it absolutely all right uh any other last thoughts no watch the film it's a good movie yes. it's got it's a lot movie, to say man. about a lot of different things i will say i'll say this because hopefully we'll do an episode on it sometime but the second one is just as good <clears throat> but in a totally different direction Yes, yes, de- definitely. It is one of the genuinely... Uh, 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 so, Hooper 
first off, uh, listener, uh, everybody involved in the production of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is an unreliable narrator. Just Gunnar Hansen happens to be the least unreliable. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things Hooper said after the re- release was like, I thought it was, I thought we were making a comedy, mm. which is, which is him being a little bit of a troll, but nothing got in that film that did not make him laugh. Mm. And so for the second one, he went more, he, he, he played up more of the dark comedy and it genuinely is atmospheric. It's gorgeous. It's genuinely unnerving. And it's genuinely one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. It yeah, makes yeah. me laugh my ass off every time. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. I, I guess I'll have to check that one out too. Damn it. All right. Um uh well, I guess if that is it, uh thanks everyone for uh deciding to talk to uh me and Ty. Uh, thanks for coming on too. <laughs> thanks for t- talking to me, guys. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, thanks for talking about this movie with me and uh, and and watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the Saw's family. The, the Saw's family. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to play a game, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that that that's it, uh, folks. Thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you next time here on Graveside. <laughs> <laughs>